gals, guys, and non-binary pals, welcome to episode 2 of Queerocracy. My name is Niha Holdo, and I'll be your host. In this episode, I'll be talking about current legislation that has had an effect on the LGBTQ population and what we can do to push supportive and accepting bills through Congress. To start off, I think it's really important to note that all states have varying degrees of acceptance with the community. New Jersey, for example, the state that I live in, is extremely accepting alongside New York and California, while other states might not be as accepting. Alabama actually has the most anti-LGBTQ people in comparison to all other states. Due to these differences on a state-by-state basis, many of the bills that are regarding the LGBTQ population pass through state legislators instead of federally. Although that might come off as a good thing at first, it only contributes to the problem. If it's not addressed on a federal scale, it's not really taken that seriously. There's been multiple bills in the past and currently that are regarding the LGBTQ population and are being debated on. One of these bills actually prevent local government agencies from passing non-discrimination protections that are more expansive and more incorporating than the protections that are already offered at the state level. These include protections for LGBTQ people. The states that are currently debating these bills include Arkansas, Tennessee, South Dakota, and Arizona. Essentially, these bills would make it impossible to make discrimination illegal to a higher extent than it already is. Although I do think it's important to protect our right to speech, I also personally believe that it's of significance to protect our own people. Considering the use of the Nazi symbol and the N-word is stigmatized due to prior experiences and incidents involving these, and looking at the fact that using these symbols and words could lead to police investigations, I wonder why the F-word, which is used against LGBTQ people, still have a place in society without these repercussions. This bill would make it illegal to strengthen anti-discrimination. Ironically, Arizona and South Dakota even have an LGBTQ equality bill that's being debated right now that offers non-discrimination protections. And that makes me wonder which side these two states are really on. Another form of bills that are relevant towards the LGBTQ population are religious exemption bills. These bills actually allow people to bend certain rules if their religion goes against them. It's a way to protect the right of religion, and although that's really important, there are many of them out there that are purely discriminatory against certain minorities, such as the LGBTQ population. There's currently a religious exemptions in healthcare implicating LGBTQ people bill in Oklahoma, Kentucky, South Dakota, and more states that's being debated on. And even more than that, there's a religious exceptions bill in adoption and foster care that's being debated on in Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa, and more. One of the ones that I found most shocking, however, was a religious exceptions in school and student organizations bill that's being debated on in purely Missouri. I mean, if we think about this in a bigger scope, essentially teachers who are extremely Christian and extremely homophobic or against LGBTQ plus people 
would be able to discriminate against students who are part of this population, and I don't think that's fair at all. There's also a bill being discussed that went viral a few weeks ago regarding Christian adoption agencies having the ability to turn down same-sex couples for adoption. Yes, I think it's important to respect the Christian community, even if there are some of them who aren't supportive of the LGBTQ population. But I don't think it's okay that a person can be turned down from adopting a child just because they are married to a partner of their own sex. I mean, think about it. The adoption system in the U.S. is already so large, and there are plenty of children who need loving and supportive homes. In fact, there are currently 107,918 foster children eligible for and waiting to be adopted in the United States. More than 107,000 children awaiting a home without parents. And our government has considered omitting an entire population of perhaps the most loving people from adopting these children? That doesn't even make any sense. I think it's time that we start prioritizing our children first rather than discriminatory manners. And the fact that this is legal in most states makes me wonder what the true meaning of living in a democracy really is. Another form of bills that have become more popular in the current day include transgender rights bills. This is probably the most controversial LGBTQ rights topic, considering that transgender people who haven't fully transitioned aren't biologically the same gender that they identify with. There have been multiple perspectives in terms of these bills that have been presented in Assembly and have been presented in Senate. However, there are more viable solutions that we could take. One controversial topic is about student-athletes and how female-to-male transgender athletes who have not fully transitioned may pose an unfair physical advantage over their biologically cis-female competitors. And this is just considering the fact that males pose a biological advantage over females. Another controversial part about transgender rights is over bathrooms. Female-to-male or male-to-female transgender people prior to transitioning are biologically the opposite sex. So how do we go about making them feel accepted while obeying the general bathroom rules? Again, as I stated before, although these topics are extremely controversial, there are viable solutions for these problems. I mean, we could have unisex bathrooms that are for one person each, and we could even have joint sports teams or another option available for transgender athletes. These solutions, for the most part, are not what's taking place in government right now, though. Alabama, Arizona, Colorado, Georgia, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Mississippi, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Tennessee, Washington, and West Virginia all either had or have a bill passing through state legislature right now that exclude transgender youth from athletics altogether. This is just another form of discrimination. I mean, it would disqualify talented transgender student-athletes from attaining D1 scholarships or even participating in school sports overall. However, the most concerning topic in terms of transgender legislation is probably the healthcare segment. Utah, Tennessee, South Dakota, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Ohio, Mississippi, Missouri, Kentucky, Idaho, Iowa, Georgia, Florida, Colorado, and Alabama also all have bills passing through right now 
regarding the prohibition of health care for all transgender youth. To put this in perspective, transgender youth, even with the consent of their legal guardians, may be prohibited from transitioning. They would not be able to be on hormone therapy or get top or bottom surgery even with consent. If this isn't infringing on transgender rights, I don't know what is. Just a little background, transgender people experience dysphoria, which is essentially feeling that their own body disgusts them and that they can't even touch or in some cases even look at their genitals. If minors who identify as transgender and have decided to take a big step such as hormone therapy or surgery with their guardian's consent, then you better believe that they have thought it through and that they know that this is the right step for them. Hormone therapy and surgery are massive steps that only people who really believe that they are ready for it take. If they regret it or end up not identifying as transgender overall, then that's on them, not on the medical staff that performed the surgery or offered hormone therapy. Besides, as long as gender dysphoria is properly diagnosed, all of the concerns on behalf of these legislative bodies don't make any sense. Transgender minors with parental consent should have the option of covering all of their healthcare needs in regards to transitioning. It should be considered a basic human right. And the sad reality of all of this is that this is just some of the bills, and there are many more out there regarding LGBTQ rights that are discriminatory. And I know that right now, all I've been talking about is all the bad bills, and I know that there are amazing bills out there that do support the LGBTQ population, but right now, I think it's really important that we publicly acknowledge the bills that are doing wrong towards this community because they're not really getting the attention that they need to be having. In terms of good steps forward, however, there was recently a landmark Supreme Court decision that prevents people from discriminating against people who identify as LGBTQ in the workplace. I think this is a great step forward, and although it was long overdue, it definitely took away some of my fear and many others' fear about being discriminated in the workplace. Internationally, there have been many cases of justice over the past few weeks as well. Germany, for one, banned gay conversion therapy for minors, and that's also a great step forward because conversion therapy is essentially a way to change someone's core and change who they are. I hope one day that the United States will also ban gay conversion therapy. Although these are amazing, again, long overdue steps forward, it doesn't undo all of the injustices, and there are many more steps that need to be taken. But what can we do as individuals to attain justice for LGBTQ people and prevent harmful legislation from traveling through government? Well, every state legislator actually has their own website, and I think it's important that we visit it and type in keywords such as queer and transgender within their web pages to search for bills that are currently being voted on in regards to the LGBTQ community. It's also important that after this step, we thoroughly read the bills and stay updated on amendments, as well as what the bill is supposed to accomplish. 
Another step that we could all take is to spread awareness about any and all anti-queer bills. I mean, these bills have the ability to take away our rights. They infringe on the rights that are guaranteed by our government for all of us or people that we care about. It could also help to find the contact information for your state congress members and email them about your concerns. The more emails that they receive, the more likely that they are to change their state of mind or talk about the concerns that they've received through Congress. Contacting organizations that are already established in the state for LGBTQ rights could also help a lot. We could ask them to reach out to Congress members of your state in order to testify against a bill. The more testimonies that these Congress people receive, the more likely that they're willing to listen to the general public. A final step that I'd like to mention is to be friendly and remind all of your allies that part of being an ally is standing up when discrimination is noticed against the community. Being an ally is not just supporting one letter of LGBTQ+, and it's not just supporting two or three either. You must support all of the community and stand up for all of their rights. If there's evident discrimination against the community, it's also up to the allies to stand with the community members. To learn more about this topic, visit aclu.org's page on legislation affecting LGBTQ rights across the country. Thanks so much for listening in, and stay tuned for more on the politics of being queer.